Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today we are covering Nosferatu with V again as a guest. We just can't get rid of him. <laughs> no matter how hard you try. <laughs> but before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. So today I am doing the Plum Deluxe Strawberry Honeysuckle Black Tea. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's got black tea. Go figure. Strawberry pieces, raspberry leaf, calendula, and honeysuckle essence. Bee. I was smart this time and brought Yay! the canister over. Yay! Uh, I am drinking passion fruit papaya, a moment in the sun tea. It's black tea with papaya, pineapple, and blossoms. Uh, it's by Republic of Tea. So proud. <laughs> and I am also drinking Republic of Tea. It is the Red Tea Good Hope Vanilla. So it's caffeine-free Ruibos and vanilla bean and natural vanilla flavor. Mm. It's been a while since I've had that one. It smelled really good. But once again, thank you so much to Plum Deluxe for allowing us to continue to do what we love. And for our tea sippers, brew yourself a cup of tea. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the review. For a second, I was like... I make it Halloween themed, but I'm like, no. And so I'm telling my brain to skip over it. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and get spoopy. So for those of you out there, just a heads up. V is not our only co-host today. We have a little one. I was so confused for a second. And I'm like, oh. We've done this for months. <laughs> yes. So I, I am now pregnant. So... <laughs> due at the end of February, so once you start seeing around that time a bunch of our reviews coming out where we're in our chairs. Online? <laughs> Online. I'm probably out for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are We are working overtime, so that way yes. Jess can have her... Family time. Yes. <laughs> yes. It'll be so worth it. Yes. So for the summary, it's Dracula. <laughs> If you know Dracula, it's Dracula. It's Dracula. It's like, that's, that's it. It's literally (laughs) Dracula. They made some minor tweaks to it because it's done by a German film company and they basically localized it in the same way that like early 90s anime was localized to America of like, oh, we want this to be approachable for the German people who are going to be watching this. So we're going to have everything be in Germany, and we're we're going to have it be in Italian Germany, and we're going to <laughs> change all of the character names. Do you not like my German accent? Sehr gut. <laughs> I'm over here trying not to laugh hysterically into the mic so you can continue. <laughs> I'm living for it. I took, I took German as a <laughs> language, continue. and I'm just like, ah. Oh, <laughs> Please <laughs> continue. 
<laughs> the dulcet tones of the German language. That's so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into the vapors. <laughs> I would have preferred German to yeah. Spanish. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but. Okay, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, Nosferatu. <laughs> For entertainment, I would give this a six. For those who may not have watched this movie or know much about this movie, like I did going into it, it's like I, kn- it's like I knew it was a cult classic. Like it was like one of the original horror movies, but I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. It is a silent film, but it is really interesting watching. I watched two different versions, like one where they had made the quality a lot better and a lot smoother, and then one that like kept most of the original quality but just like upped it so you could tell more of what you were looking at but it was so weird to watch because it's like especially in those days like film was almost just like a bunch of pictures that they'd like strewn together to like make it look like it was moving and you definitely feel that it's like a a flip book and there were quite a few scenes where like Film was new. It This movie came out in 1922. Film, like movies like that were becoming more and more of a thing, but they were still trying to discover and figure out what they were doing. And so people's reactions, people's facial expressions were extra exaggerated. It's like on the one hand, it's helpful for a silent film because you're trying to figure out the mood because you literally can't hear them. You just hear the music, which the music does do a part in like, telling you what the mood is but because of the exaggerated movements it feels like a cartoon it feels like you're looking at a cartoon with real people in it and then with a flip book effect added to it it just it just makes it, it it's just a very odd experience i guess but i did like some of the creativity that they had like whenever hutter i think is what the guy's name was. But whenever he got into the carriage and they were going to the castle, I thought it was really a really cool effect that they like did a color inversion whenever they're like coming out of the woods. So that way it's like you could tell it's like, oh, it's so creepy and dangerous and stuff like that. But it's like, for me, this movie isn't so much as entertaining as it is in reveling in the past and appreciating how far we've come, but also appreciating the originals, like ideas and creativity and and stuff like that. So it's like I did get enjoyment out of the movie because it's a silent film and it's a bunch of do 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 like back and forth. It is at times makes the movie feel really slow. Like I don't know if you got the same impression, but it's like there'd be an action scene. And then the text would pop up and that really like interrupts the flow of the movie. And but it's like, you know, they they did what they could at the time, but it, it really does seriously interrupt like the flow of the movie and the pacing and stuff like that. So that was my biggest problem is the pacing seemed to have a big problem. Like it took a long time for them to lead up to it getting exciting. And then once it got exciting it just kind of like slowly like ticked back down to like, it didn't really feel like there is this big, like climactic and it's just kind of like, Oh, it's over. 
clearly you did not grow up watching silent films like I did. Because that, the intertitles, those where it stops and it's like, here's the text. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I grew up watching these silent black and white films. And so, like, I I really think that it's one of those, like, if you're used to the pacing of that, then it doesn't detract from it. But mm-hmm. if you're used to the pacing, like, post-talkies era, then it's very different feel. Yeah, like, I will say I did watch the silent film Phantom of the Opera as a kid. So it's like, it wasn't, like, completely foreign. But um, I guess another thing I forgot to mention, too, is the music does really, like, help lead the way in the like the, i mean it, it was supposed it plays a very major part in the silent film and all of that but but yeah it's just kind of interesting noticing that you know while maybe if you grow up with it you know you're used to that it's just comparing it to like modern days i could very much tell the the change in pace yeah given the context of what i grew up with <laughs> i would i would rate it I found it pretty, like fairly entertaining. I'd rate it at like probably an eight, partially because watching it in the mindset of how it was intended to be watched, but also being entertained by just the hokiness of some of it. Because it is also like when you're watching it with the understanding of the history of it and the fact that like a lot of those first film actors came from stage backgrounds. That's true. That makes Which, sense. Yeah. That explains the exaggerated movements mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. That's part of where all of it came from. And there's a lot, like, there's a lot of dialogue that is completely stripped out of the storytelling to lessen the amount of the intertitles that are in there. And that'll be when you just kind of, like, see the two characters and they're talking and they're just like, <laughs> and you just have to kind of, like, get a feel for what's happening just from the pantomiming. And. It is a very different film experience compared to watching modern films or even just like 1930s, 40s, talkies era. But you also get like the entertainment of watching how they did some of the special effects at the time of like to make Dracula's or or Count Olaf's carriage just seem like it's supernaturally fast. They just sped up the mm-hmm. footage. And so you just... <laughs> Which you they just... use that technique in other movies oh, yeah. as well. Uh, it's just very fun to watch Olak's uh, carriage just go. <laughs> yeah, it's very obvious. Yeah. It sticks out. <laughs> yeah, and then the for like any time that they had to have something where it's like it's moving on its own, it's just very clearly stop motion. But it's still like a very fun, enjoyable movie, especially if you're watching it with a combination of knowing the history and also watching it. It's another good like watch with friends or family type of thing because then. You can make commentary as it goes as well. And then, like, the ending of it, where their effect of, like, oh, Dracula died from the sunlight, and he's just like, ah, and then poof. Yeah. And now he's just a pile of ash. I did find it interesting that, I didn't remember this with Phantom of the Opera, but it's been, like, 15 years, how they, like, will have someone that, like, pulls a string to, like, open doors and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Watching movies like this is... I mean, partially, like, trying to, like, appreciate the older stuff, but also it's, like, educational. Yeah. I give it a six. Hey. <laughs> and it's kind of a hesitant six. Like, it, it's not 
my usual for sure, but I did appreciate the the art style and all. Everything is definitely exaggerated, but it makes sense for it to be exaggerated because there's no actual talking. It's just words that are put up intermittently. So it makes sense for everything to be a bit bigger gesture-wise and everything, so you you get more of a feel of it. It is a very, very artful film. There's a ton of shadows. But because it seems so silly with a lot of the acting, because it's so big, it gives it almost a dreamlike quality. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I thought was kind of cool and makes a lot of sense as well with, you know, it's a vampire story. So, I mean, vampires are talked about in, like, creatures of the night, nightmare quality kind of things. Well, not nowadays, but... (laughs) Now they're sexy. Go into how many ways that's so wrong. But but it it makes sense for it to be more dreamy. More dreamlike. And seems a little surreal. So I I really appreciated that. Will I watch it again? Probably not. I might watch it once, maybe twice, just for the feels. But it's it's not something that I would just outright grab every time. It's something to like watch and appreciate how far we've come, like you said, and just the the art and the effort that was put into it. I can see why it's considered a classic. I can. It's not the classic kind of movie that I grew up with, but I get it. I'm I'm glad that it was there. It definitely has a place in the horror genre, obviously, and it spawned so much inspiration for other movies. Yes. Yep. And the creativity. I loved certain effects and I liked Dracula's look with the long fingers and long fingernails. He seemed kind of out of this world a little bit. Like pointed ears. I don't know how no one commented on the teeth. (laughs) If anyone needed a dentist. (laughs) Well, and it's that that kind of goes back into how Dracula was described in the book. Yeah. Is he was an ugly motherfucker. Like, <laughs> with hairy palms and all this crap going on. Like, it is a creature feature. <laughs> so, I really appreciated that. I wish they would have made a bit more use of it and made it a bit more realistic. Like, and we'll get into this later, but like, Harker doesn't be like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Something's funny about this guy. <laughs> At least once. <laughs> But it is an interesting film, and I think it deserves at least one watch. Yeah, it's like, just to watch it to appreciate the classics Mm -hmm. and where we started from. It's going to be a bit slower (laughs) than most movies today, but just be aware of the pacing. But it's good to appreciate the art and how far it's come. And it is interesting. It's like, the movie is an hour and a half, roughly. Which is your typical movie length, but it's like because half of it is showing text, it's like the movie's more like half of that length. Mm -hmm. It feels a little longer because of the pacing. Yeah. But I'm honestly surprised for the time period that it was an hour and a half. A little bit. Because there for the longest time, they were like, 
An hour and a half is too long. The audience doesn't have the attention span. They won't be able to sit here. I know they had an intermission at one point. They had intermissions, but also, like, this was audiences of the time, if they had the money to go to stage productions. They were used to stage productions. That's fair. So they they treated films more like they treated theatrical productions Mm -hmm. at the time. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. All right, so for realism, <laughs> I... the flavor is. Yeah, the food. Anyway. It's so nice. Feels like being wrapped in a blanket. <laughs> it's so comfy. It's the vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I mean, the, the Rebos has the, the that kind of feel, too, but it just is enhanced with the vanilla. Too bad I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go ahead with the realism. <laughs> Anyways, you know we always get wacky when V's on here. A little bit. <laughs> Alright, so for realism. <laughs> like, obviously it was super exaggerated and there were some questionable choices that I had, but that and for the people in the film, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't like black sheep level or like a B movie level or whatever. So maybe being kind or not, I don't know. I give this movie a one point five. the The first thing that I'm like, this is a little sus, is whenever the count pulls up in a carriage and is like, "You want a ride?" and and the guy's like, "Sure," and it just like hops in the carriage, just like, "This is fine." Like, I was like, I understand he had a long walk, but I don't know. I would be, I mean, it's like he was headed there anyways, but I don't know. It's like, you don't, you don't know if that's actually the person. I don't know. I just, maybe I'm just very paranoid. Well, I mean, to kind of tie it into the original source material, like, Jonathan Harker is canonically an idiot. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so that makes a, a few things make a bit more yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, like <laughs> Jonathan so- Harker is a complete dumbass because in the book he's like, "Oh, this is such a nice trip. I'm so excited to go meet Count Dracula and sell him some property in London." But for some in for drink. <laughs> I'm so excited to go meet my friend Count Olak and Sell him some prime real estate. Uh, but, um... The, prime real estate. <laughs> it's real estate. Uh, but the <laughs> That's now the... Oh, God, I gotta make a clip of that. That's great. <laughs> it's free real estate. Uh, but the <laughs> Um... And he's just like, oh, the people in this area are so weird and superstitious. Every time that I happen to mention that I'm going to go see nice, friendly Count Dracula, they all make the sign of the cross and they keep giving me crosses to wear. And I just don't understand why they're acting so strangely. And don't let me travel at night. <laughs> and won't let me travel at night and won't go past, won't go into the big spooky woods. I don't understand. These people are not being very helpful at all. And it's just like... <laughs> These people are not being very helpful at all. And the, but the, um, you just kind of want to like, 
like go up to Jonathan and just smack him in the head with his own journal and being like, "You were a fucking idiot." Like, yeah, this is all red flags. Like, yes. Well, then he sees the count and, and is it, not like, "Hold up." <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, oh, the count's kind of weird because again, like in the original like text where he's not German, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so I don't have to do the accent. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, how can Damn. we make V do the accent the entire video? <laughs> but yeah, like he, it, it's not. He doesn't think anything. He thinks that the count is kind of eccentric, and he doesn't freak out until he sees the count crawling down the wall of the castle like a lizard. That's the part where he's like, something's not right. <laughs> <laughs> or like, like another thing that was on my like list is the fact that he gets bitten, and he's like, oh, I got bit by two mosquitoes, and they just so happen to be right next to each other. Well, I got bit by two bugs, but it's all good. As he fine. writes to his wife, everything's fine. This is fine. <laughs> Such an odd place. It's so cookie here. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like you said co- cookie. <laughs> it's so cookies and cream here. <laughs> For some reason, now I'm Mario. <laughs> it's so spooky. <laughs> We're gonna so some some poor German person is gonna listen to us. And like, my family's gonna listen to oh us and be God. like, "What is wrong with you?" It's like you're Irish. Like I'm German too. Oh, they're like you're you are doing your genetics wrong. You're doing your <laughs> genetics dirty today. So I'm Norwegian. I don't know. I'm I'm up where like Finland and Norway, Scandinavia. Yeah. Hence the the blonde hair and blue eyes. There's a lot of German in my family, though. Like, German and Welsh. But yeah, just, like, all the stupidity from the main character. And then his fiancé? In in Nosferatu, they had them where they were married, which is another deviation from the original plot, because... In in the book Dracula, they don't get married until Jonathan comes back from Dracula's castle. But like her being called by, you know, the vampire, and it's like because it's like they were way up at the castle, and she, whenever it pans back to her, she's it's like she's already being called. I'm like that's that's quite a bit far away. It's got good signal. <laughs> It must be the ears, but <laughs> <laughs> or the long fingers. <laughs> Could you imagine? It's like it's like they show her and pans back, and he's like, <laughs> but then also like the ship. Maybe this belongs more in the entertainment, but it's like the ship. It was hard for me to dissect what they're trying to show in that scene. It's like I know he was trying to come back. And then Nosferatu is like, or the the count is like, I'm I'm here too. And then <laughs> he comes back. I don't know. It's he hard. hid himself in a shipment of coffins. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And then okay. One thing that was kind of cool I didn't mention the entertainment is the different lore. Like I did have a base idea of what like former vampire lore used to be because we all heard about the stakes in the heart and all of that good stuff garlic but i didn't realize the the earth 
where the coffin is buried or whatever, like giving them like their power or whatever. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they have that. I mean, that's that's been around for a while too, and that's very, very strongly tied to the Dracula lore specifically. Sounds like a drama queen. Oh yeah, he's like he is the Karen of vampires. <laughs> so what would you rate <laughs> <laughs> and then how that's like on the verge of choking so my voice was kind of screaming no 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 anyway. what would you <laughs> what do you think of that about this uh, yeah 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 uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to all of the Germans listening to this we and I have all. zero excuse I grew up with so many people with German accents but uh I would definitely, for a lot of reasons, not rate this high on on realism. I would also give it like maybe a one. But some of some of my favorite highlights in that are the constant grabbing of the mercy tit. Yes, like- <laughs> yes, because most women nowadays in movies they like go like this, like on their chest. But no, she legit just, just grabbed up, like, her ah, she broke herself full. on screen. Like, yeah, and constantly like it was just- a comfort thing, and then. <laughs> The comfort Stress tit. ball. Yeah. But then she's also, like, grabbing her husband's tit, too. She, like, she just likes to grope. That's just her just, thing. She's really handsy, because, like, like, she gets woken up by by Harker, or I guess Hooter, and, um, like, she just, rather than, like, going and, like, pressing her hand up against his chest or something like that, she's like, no, wah, wah. Like... <laughs> You just really need that like hack hack sound effect, and um, so and then and then of course like when Dracula actually comes to get her at the end, and you just see like shadowy boob grab, I because <laughs> you just see like the the shadow of his long fingers coming up over her chest, and, and it just stops her. No, it, there's a there's a squeeze I know, motion, but like it doesn't move on further or anything. No, it it's just, just stays. And then, and she's just like, like, like she's into it. She is really into some boob grabbing in this movie. Yeah, that was that was something. But yeah, like that's one of my favorite highlights for the lack of of realism. Unless I, although I'm sure that there are women out there who are like that that are just like, I just want to grope every titty in vicinity. I feel called out. <laughs> Excuse you, sir. <laughs> As my emotional support titty. <laughs> well, and it's also interesting watching. It's like, in case our listeners haven't picked up on it, we are doing the classics for Halloween. So it's really interesting watching the classics and see how women are portrayed in horror. Where it's like, in this movie, she is very like, dainty and just like constantly like worried and and it's like yeah the guy is stupid too but it's like she it's like she's just there she's not really Mm -hmm. i mean i guess you could call her maybe a plot device with the vampire but it's like she's more there and then letting it happen to her yeah and there's a lot of like the other classics you get a very similar sense to that too. Yeah, the women are just there to be victims of the things. Yeah. Um although she does in in Nosferatu she does have that cuz she's got that weird not just being called by Dracula but she also has like this weird 
like psychic link to yeah. her husband and in the scene where like Nosferatu like comes in to like and it's super scary and dramatic and he comes in to drink Jonathan's blood and Nina is like having night terrors and she's like sitting up in bed and she's like no Jonathan my love be careful and like that somehow makes Dracula like back off and leave without drinking more of his blood yeah so like she's got that like ethereal woman psychic power um but hands off my man basically (laughs) don't you touch my boyfriend and (laughs) that's my titty to grab (laughs) those are not your titties those are mine uh that's my emotional support titty you cannot drink its blood (laughs) she's just trying to collect all the titties (laughs) titty collection um make that the new horror movie the titty collector don't tempt them they probably will directed by woody allen yeah Um, i can see that (laughs) But yeah, like, and and of course, like, it's a vampire movie. There's not going to be uh, a whole lot of realism. But then also, in the source material for Dracula, there's a lot of people who are just like, "What? I don't know what is happening. It's so strange." And then, of course, everybody freaks out because of the plague, uh, because they think it's the plague, but it's actually a vampire. Which that's probably the more realistic thing for the time period. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the movie itself, like the time frame that the movie takes place in, I think is 1838. Something like that. Like the plague is still fresh in people's minds. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, talking about that, whenever you watch like an older movie, look up like events that happened around that time period. It gives you like so much more context. Like around that period, that's when like women had just had the amendment for the right to vote. And just, like, different things happening around the world. I know that it wasn't World War II, because that was, like, in the 40s. But World War One was maybe, like, right around the corner or, like... Pretty sure it was around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like... It, it's interesting to watch older movies like this and then look up major events that happened close to that time period and get the, the context. Like, I even, like looked up the outfits and stuff like that so just a suggestion that i think helps kind of round out more what to expect and get out of the movie because you're because it's like i don't know if you ever have these morbid thoughts but i was watching this movie and i'm like all of these people that are in this movie have died like i am watching dead people right now yeah and (laughs) yeah I'm like, let's get more context. And I'm like, what did these people live through? Like, I got, I went down a weird rabbit hole with this movie. Apparently, but yeah. Anyways, usually I'm the one going down the morbid rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I also give it a one. It's a vampire movie, so there's not going to be much realism to it. I didn't quite understand the dude that was in that was locked up that was supposed to be like his minion. Or yeah. whatever. That was weird. That was weird. And to my recollection, I I don't recall him ever actually having any interaction with Dracula. No, he does. In the book. In the book, but not in the movie. I didn't read the book. Oh, in the movie, no. He's just, uh, in Nosferatu, he just, like, 
is screaming in his cell like the master yeah. is here the master has yeah. died and like, then he like breaks out but doesn't actually get to where dracula's living yeah he was the one that told harker that there was this count in this other area that wanted to buy a house nearby what about the one across from you i'm sure he'd love that but there was like no prior scene of any interaction between that dude and the count just so, a letter that's written in wingdings <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a letter ensnared him like we're led to believe that that doesn't make sense and why would he send it to him again it's missing the context it is it's missing so much like, context i really wish they had put it in there so it just seems weird and out of place and they don't really go into how his abilities work either how he's able to connect to different people and call them and all he hadn't really had any contact with the wife at all, and she was able to feel him calling to her for yeah. most of the movie, yeah. even before he got there. <laughs> so it just didn't make that much sense how he was able to span that distance with his powers <laughs> and and do that kind of thing. They were ten of fingernails. Yeah, and they were very inconsistent with it as well. Five G so, <laughs> I I did find it interesting how Harker left on a horse and then he suddenly was in a carriage and we didn't see the horse. He started walking and then got a ride from a different carriage with the count. That went to <laughs> <laughs> and then when he left the Count's castle, he suddenly had his horse back <laughs> and was walking with the horse most of the way. Like, he wasn't even riding the horse most of the time. Which I know you do have to walk the horse every now and then. But, like, every time they showed him and the horse, he was walking the horse. <laughs> like, every time. The horse is like, I'm a back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I ain't carrying your dumbass any further. <laughs> I'll walk with you back there, but I ain't carrying your dumbass any further. Too, heavy yes. <laughs> <laughs> too big a burden on my back. <laughs> I also found it hilarious how in one of the earlier scenes when he's like traveling there and all, and when the Count is about to drink his blood, the grown ass man jumps in the bed and hides under the covers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't grab anything doesn't like try to see what's going on no just i'm a kid again <laughs> i'm gonna hide under the covers because that's gonna keep the bad things away if they don't see me protect me blankie <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make quite that much sense to me why the wife died I get that the legend was, you know, the the woman pure of heart that gives her blood freely to Dracula would be able to distract him long enough that he stays out past his bedtime and <laughs> goes poof in the sun. But, like, she played the smallest role in that whole thing. Like, they could have distracted him any other number of ways and just kept him in the sun for him to go poof. I would I would counter argue that she did not play the smallest role. I think that would actually be Van Helsing. That's played, fair. Because he did that's, jack. That's fair. Shit. Yeah. That is fair. He just shows up for like a scene to be like, look at these plants. This is the vampire of the plant world. This is the vampire of the Which also did not make that much sense because it's eating insects. 
Well, and yeah. I'm, I'm also sitting there like, at one, at what point is one of his students going to go, what the fuck is a vampire? Yeah. Because, because they, they don't know. Yeah. Like. Brand new concept. <laughs> yeah. But they were carnivorous. They weren't vampiric. Yeah. Because vampiric would mean it was eating off of other plants. Well, and then it'd be like sucking the the plant juices out of yes. it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, whenever that scene came along, I'm like. It just no, makes sense. Yeah, I was like that too. I'm like, that's not how this works. <laughs> it's like everything's a vampire it's, to you, apparently. Yeah, it's carnivorous, sure, but I mean, that's not how this do. Next thing will be like the anglerfish is the vampire of the fish world. It's like it's literally not the <laughs> carnivore. Just a carnivore. It's like, if it's got long, pointy, fang-looking things, then it's a vampire. Now, I could see how a spider would be considered, like, vampiric, <laughs> because it liquefies the insides of the things and then slurps it all out, which is <gasps> awful. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween. Insect slushy. <laughs> 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 and I also... This last point makes a little more sense, knowing that in the book he's also a raging dumbass. But the fact that he never went, um, guys, it might be the super creepy count dude that lives across from me that's causing all this mayhem. Because all this crap was happening on his route down here. And oh, also he ate everyone on the boat that he was on. And I saw him crawling down the wall. And lifting huge, heavy-ass coffins on his own and tossing them like they were tissue paper onto the wagon. (laughs) The the scene of Dracula just, like, carrying the coffin across town is one of my favorites. Yeah, that was (laughs) pretty good. And and just the fact that, you know, fangs and claws and things. Like, maybe we might want to ask him a few questions. Yeah, like, he doesn't really look... That human. He doesn't. He looks humanoid, but not human. Yeah. So not once was he like, wait a minute. <laughs> and and again, like if you like, there's a lot in the in Nosferatu that kind of runs on the assumption that you have heard or have read Dracula to understand what's going on. Because again, the context of the book, Parker gets like super severe PTSD and blocks out everything that happened in Dracula's castle. And so the only, and he's like, I know that my memories from it are in my journal, but I am too afraid to read them. But, you know, my dear and lovely wife, Nina, like if anything seems to happen that we need to find out more about this, then only like, if absolutely necessary, can you read my journal to find out what actually happened to me? Because I don't want to know. I don't want to remember what happened to me in that castle, but if need I mean, I know be, he was you can violated, find out. But <laughs> like, read the book. Is he goes through? He goes through it. He really goes through it. But like, even when he, his wife Nina was like, he stares at me from the window every single night. That was and Jonathan's like, this is fine. Yeah. He's like, this is fine. We don't need to mention it. We don't need to, you know, go over and talk to him and, hey, like, knock it off. No, we don't need to bring it to anyone else's attention. <laughs> just, it's fine. You're a lovely lady. He's, he's just admiring. He's you. just admiring. 
this is this is fine. He's not hurting anyone. Just your sanity. Although he does at the very last minute run off to go get Van Helsing. Who again does nothing. Who again does nothing. And they don't even get back until yeah. after she's dead and, and he's Dracula's in dust pile. Yeah. And then they're just like, oh, what happened here? No, my wife is dead. Uh, yeah. Uh. Any other thoughts? No, I'm good. Blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> but anyway. I, like, overall, if you haven't watched this movie, I, I think that it's worth watching once. Just to understand where we came from, you know, this was, like, the original, like, start of the, the horror genre for, for movies, at least. And, yeah, it's just, like, it's educational, and it, it's really, it's also interesting, like, figuring out, like, their the older methods and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, it's worth a watch. I, I feel like Bride of Frankenstein was better. Yeah, but... With Bride of Frankenstein, it also had sound. True. Makes a difference. But you felt for those characters a bit more, too. Yeah, like, this this movie is more of a, here's a story, but they don't really go into, like, character development and yeah. stuff like that. While with Bride of Frankenstein, they kind of, like, play around more with, like, what does it mean to be a person? And what mm -hmm. do people experience and stuff like that? What is really a monster? But I think it's just the time period. Mm -hmm. Gonna make a stupid joke. Uh oh. Would you say that Nosferatu is Jonathan telling the story all about how his life got flipped, turned upside down? <laughs> Maybe a bit. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. You need to make a. He he a needed a minute to. Just, <laughs> he needed to take a minute and just sit right there and tell you all about it. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, and please comment on what you thought of the movie. <laughs> and V's, if you'd like to uh, know more about V and what he does, you can... <laughs> Besides my terrible German accent. <laughs> so, oh man, his stuff will be linked uh, down below. And if you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea, you can uh, keep up to date with our content on <laughs> YouTube, Twitter... Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and most places you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content. If you'd like to support us monetarily, we do have a Teespring and a PayPal, or we have our affiliate link with Plum Deluxe available as well. It does not affect the price of the tea. It just allows us to continue to do what we love. And all of those links will be down below. And until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.